you are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Locked On Jazz for the 11th of July. The thing that should make you the most excited about the Utah Jazz in this upcoming season. An initial stab at points gained, plus the replay rule, and may touch on to 538 Straymond. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked On Jazz. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers, hopefully lots of insight, and making it better for you to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Your podcast is available to you on any of your podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Himalaya app, wherever you get your podcast. Tell your smart device just to play podcast, Locked on Jazz. Thank you very much for some understanding this week. Uh, we're on the road and hard for me to always get the podcast in. Um, so apologize for you on that. Next week will be a little sparse as well. And then we'll get the summer interview series uh, going when we come back from that. I, I will, the, the thing that I wanted to talk about today is what the Jazz have built to me gets really interesting in this regard. If you ask me what has to happen for the Jazz to be successful, the answer is their two best players have to step up. So for the Jazz to have a really good year, They have to find a way to still be elite defensively despite the fact they don't have Derek Favors anymore. And that means that Rudy Gobert has to maintain dominance. Now, there's a new stat out there by 538 called Draymond, which is their judge of defensive talent. It once again shows you that Rudy Gobert is the best defensive player in the NBA. And that he affected more shots. Guys shoot lower percentage around him. All of those items. And I think that that's the key in so many ways to this upcoming Jazz season is are they still a top five defensive team? And the and what's great about this is it's not like you're saying, well, if George Niang steps up or if Alec Burks makes the breakthrough, if Dante Exum stays healthy. It's, it's not a pie-in-the-sky concept here that we're waiting on for the Utah Jazz. The Jazz have built the team with a bunch of aspects of of players that you know exactly what you're going to get. When you get a 30-year-old adult, as they said on NBA TV the other night with Dennis Lindsay, on your roster as a coach, you can pen, pen in almost exactly what, you're, what you want. The pen in is the key here. You don't want guys who you pencil in. I think I might get. And if you have players who you think you might get, then you don't know what you're going to get. And that becomes a pretty high, That there's a variance there that gets to be an issue. Now, when the, what the Jazz have built is Mike Conley. I, I, I'm pretty certain I got a really good idea what I'm getting out of Mike Conley just about every single night. Now, if he ages, that's the concern. I've got Joe Ingles. I, I'm pretty comfortable with Joe Ingles at this point. I know exactly what I'm getting out of him. 
If he ages, that's the concern. Bojan Bogdanovic. He's 30 years old. He's gotten a little bit better, but he's probably peaked. We, we know who he is as a player. We know how he's going to play. We know what he's going to give us. Ed Davis, we know exactly what he's going to give us. Jeff Green's 32 years old. We know exactly what he's going to give us. Frankly, I know what I'm getting out of Royce O'Neal every night still, too. And then Dante's a little bit of a question mark. And Emmanuel Moutier, we're going to still wait and see. I wouldn't be surprised if the Jazz don't add another wing player and they don't add a third point guard they're somewhat comfortable with. And then the roster's probably done. Isaiah Cousins is playing pretty well in summer league. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't become that third point guard. But you're not asking a lot of out of Emmanuel Moutier. But sure, there, there's a chance if you, if you want to make the Jazz better than they already are, you can say that Emmanuel Moutier continues to build off his year in New York. The development program of the Jazz makes him better, and he becomes a real threat on the second team. Uh, you're stretching. Like, there's not a big track record that says that. So the first thing the Jazz have to have this year is that Rudy Gobert has got to be great. Okay, I'm asking our $30 million a year best player on the team to be great. Good. I'm comfortable with that. The second thing that's going to change who the Utah Jazz are is if Donovan Mitchell takes the stride that usually the jump that usually happens between the second and third year of an NBA player. All right, so my future all-star, what they've built is certainty around their best players. And now the two guys that have to be great are Donovan Mitchell has got to get better. Donovan Mitchell's got to become that offensive star player who's now surrounded by three other guys that can score and be efficient, better finishing in the paint, more often getting at the rim, getting to the line a little bit more, not taking as many floaters, getting better at those floaters. Okay, that's what we need. We need Donovan Mitchell to become better. We need Rudy Gobert to be dominant. That's pretty cool. When you've built a roster so that the players you're asking to take the next step are the two best players on your roster or asking them to be great, that's when you have a chance. It's when you're begging for somebody who's not there yet to suddenly make some major breakthrough that you end up into trouble. So that's what excites me the most is when I get asked questions, well, what's it going to take? What, what's the key to the Jazz? The key to the Jazz is Donovan taking another step and still being great defensively with Rudy. I like that. I feel pretty good about that. That's a lot better than hoping that somebody can get something done. And there's, you kind of feel pretty comfortable with Rudy and Donovan. And to me, that's awesome. Hey, I've got some exciting news. I found out that the store, which is opening with their great mudslide cookies in the gateway, is actually opening another location here coming up. That's right. So the Gateway, they've got a great location coming uh, for the store. And uh, as they open that up, they're actually looking to hire. So if you're looking for a job and uh, some of that area, there's great stuff going on there. They also have another location coming. It's going to be a smaller, kind of a cuter place. I haven't gotten the walkthrough yet. Um, I'm excited for that. We're going to kind of set that up 
coming up here in the next little bit of um, when I can stop by. But keep an eye out. 161 West, 900 South. 161 West, 900 South. Rumors are it might actually open before the Gateway location. So that should be great. Uh, The store, also located 6200 South and 20th East, home of the great mudslide cookie. There's simply not a better cookie to find anywhere. Uh, It's the best. I mean, really incredible. So check it out. In addition to the store, uh, you can actually get some things other than mudslide cookies. In the back, they've got the great meat section and everything that they uh, that they went out. And I think I've told you the story about them going to taste test and do all sorts of cool stuff. And they came back, they voted one meat better, so they just changed all the meat in their whole place. It's that kind of level of everything that's going on. They had some great meat deals going on just recently. Um, you have to check out whether the, the here Ford uh, flank steak was on sale. That's the the meat that they tested. Check out the Cakes to Floor as well. Love the salsa uh, Del Diablo that they sell there, a local company. Uh, these are the local companies. The Salsa Del Diablo is a local company about 14 miles from the store. I love their Tomatillo guacamole. That is a every day on my omelet when I have an omelet in the morning. That is a go-to. So make sure you check it out. 6200 South, 20th East. It's the store. Are you in the market for Real estate, are you selling Are you uh, your house? Well, the way it used to work is that you knew that you had to give away 6% in any sale. Well, that is over because Homie is revolutionizing the real estate market and what is taking place uh, in the real estate market. In other words, it used to be, hey, you just had to play the system. Well, the guys at Homie had already changed the whole property management system with some programming stuff they did out of BYU's uh uh, business school and one of their programs and now they're doing it again and they're doing it with homie they're changing the real estate market a $1,500 flat fee when you sell your house instead of paying a bunch of commission you redid your house or you redid your landscaping you bought in the right neighborhood so you have to give the agent more seems like that doesn't work so find out how homie is changing real estate by texting LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588. That's 88588. Text LOCK, L-O-C-K-E, to 88588 and find out how the real estate market is being changed by homie. All right, I am going to do this for you guys just because I think this is kind of what everyone's asking me. Um, I am not in any way, shape, or form totally ready for this yet. So let's call this an initial stab at points gained. Um, I've got to go through a little bit and kind of estimate rotations and rosters and where possessions are going to go and some of those kind of things before we can get too down and dirty and get it right. Um, but I, everyone's been asking me, like, how do you think all these teams are going to line up? Um, and so I thought I would take a second and... Um, kind of go take a stab at what I think could happen with points gain. For those who don't know points gain, uh, points gain is a metric that we use to evaluate offensive players. Uh, it is how many points a player scores above what the average player would do with the same possessions. 
So what an average player would do for the same with the same possessions is how we do it. So in other words, if you have Steph Curry is is the best in the game at it, he takes uses twenty possessions, he would score about four points above the league average. And that's how you evaluate the whether or not you uh a player is above average, good, bad, all these kind of different things. So I took an initial stab at it. I don't want you to really hold me to this. I think, um, you know, I think this is probably slightly flawed, frankly. Uh, but let's take a look at where we think the offense teams are going to rank offensively in the NBA next year um, from what I've looked at. So, an early stab at this, just equalizing possessions, not necessarily run. The number one offense in the Western Conference next year is the Houston Rockets. Like, everyone's forgetting about them. No one's talking about what they're doing. And I've got the Rockets as the number one offense in the Western Conference. The Clippers come in as the number two offense in the Western Conference. Third, and I'll explain a little bit on each of these in a moment. The Warriors still come in as the third best offense. The only thing that's interesting on the Warriors, they don't have enough possessions. They don't have enough players who've used possessions. Now, if that goes more to staff, the fourth best offense is the Jazz. The fifth best offense in the Western Conference is the Lakers. And then there's a really big dive, and I'm not quite sure why. Uh, but the Nuggets don't come out very well, despite the fact they had a pretty good offense. You know, part of it's Jamal Murray's not efficient. Part of it is that Will Barton's not that efficient. But I was surprised that Denver didn't come out better on some of the metrics here. It was as though uh, something was wrong with the numbers, frankly. Uh, and I, I'm a little confused because they were top ten offensive team last year and they didn't lose that many players but frankly Will Barton did not have a very good year Gary Harris didn't have a very good year so I adjusted Gary Harris's numbers to two years ago assuming he would bounce back and they still don't come out great so a little surprising there the Nuggets came were the sixth best offensive team Follow that by the uh, just the teams I did. The seventh best is the Pelicans. Haven't really figured out what to run on Zion yet. Eighth best are the Spurs. And the Blazers came out really, really badly. The Blazers came out as a really negative offensive team. Everyone they've added. So let's dig in to, to what we really have learned here and why. So I think the interesting one, there's two, one of the biggest takeaways is there's not a big possession problem anywhere other than New Orleans. The Pelicans, and this is kind of has always been a little bit of a tip off to me over the years on if you might have a chemistry issue. We had it uh, with Minnesota a few years ago. We had it with Boston last year. The Pelicans actually have a very high possession usage, even before you count Zion Williamson. So just the way they've built and added players to that roster. They're all going to have to take a few less possessions. So are the Clippers and Lakers, but I think everyone kind of knows that. The Rockets are still the number one offensive team 
that's out there. That, we, no one is talking Rockets, and maybe they won't defend it all, so it doesn't matter. But this is a team that after they got rid of Carmelo last year was just brilliant, and they brought everybody back, and they got James Harden and Clint Compella and Daniel House, who are all very significantly positive players. Austin Rivers is not. And they come out, as of now, as kind of the number one offensive team. The Clippers come out brilliantly. Kawhi's positive. Paul George is positive. Montrez Harrell's positive. Landry Shamit. Zubak. Jamichael Green was a nice return. The only negative players they have on their roster are Lou Williams, who's about average. And his usage should go down. I have not figured out how to deal with his usage yet. Rodney Magruder and Mo Harkless. And Rodney Magruder and Mo Harkless just may not get possessions. The Clippers are brilliant. The third best offensive team was still the Warriors because I ran, I used Steph's two years ago numbers. So despite the fact that D'Angelo is a negative, Damon Jones is positive, though I think actually they just traded Damon Jones, and I have Omari Spellman in here who's not as good. Alex Burks is not as good. But the power of Steph still drives them to be pretty strong. Uh, And Willie Colley-Stein will probably be positive on that team. The one that gets interesting is the Lakers. So the Lakers are absolutely brilliant until you put Rajon Rondo on the roster, which they just did. But if I take Rajon Rondo off the Celtics, excuse me, off the Lakers, they become the number one offensive team Every one of their players is an above-average possession user, and user, and they are they are the elite offensive team in the Western Conference. If Rajon Rondo doesn't play, I wouldn't be surprised at all. And particularly since Draymond came out the other day and had him as the worst defensive guard, if Rondo doesn't have a Carmelo-esque season in L.A where he starts the year with the Lakers, doesn't play enough, grumbles, isn't going to have a role, and they release him. And then they take off. The Lakers come out as a better offensive team than the Clippers if you get rid of Rajon Rondo. The only negative player they have is Kyle Kuzma, and they are awesome offensively. Kind of crazy, though. Clippers... Warriors, Lakers, all coming out better offensively clip and Rockets than the Jazz. So the Jazz come out, if Rondo doesn't play, as the fifth best offensive team. Well, I've heard Justin Zanuck talk about us being top five offense and top five defense. We're not even going to be top. We may only be top five offense in the Western Conference. Because of the how prolific these other teams are now part of it is we've lost faves which is a big positive for us offensively Rudy Gobert is still will be great but to kind of where we started the show today Donovan Mitchell is a minus 1.0 Emmanuel Moutier is a minus 0.8 will probably not be using as many possessions so I, this is where I have not adjusted this yet 
and figured out how many possessions and got equalized and done all those things. So the Jazz, I think, will get a little bit better as we we kind of milk this because Moutier's usage rate is what it was in New York and it will be back to what it was in Denver and he won't be using 16 possessions a night. And then the Jazz get awfully close because then other than Dante and Donovan, everybody's positive. And Denver, I just don't know why they came out so lowly. really stuns me. So that's an initial check at points gained. I didn't run the Timberwolves. Um, I probably should have. Their roster's a little thin right now. Um, but I probably should have taken a look at them. I didn't run uh, the Thunder as they're in such flux. I didn't think there was a great deal of value uh, to running the Thunder. I didn't run the Kings either. But we'll, we can look at those in, as I get it done with a little bit more uh, detail and, and actually have what I'm ready to kind of put out there. But I thought a lot of people have asked me where to point gain, points gain stand right now, and I thought it would be good um, if I did that for you. So um, that's where uh, the points gains stats. Murdoch Hyundai's got a lot of great stuff going on in July, and I want you to be able to take advantage of it. We love our Hyundai. We've got the Murdoch Hyundai Santa Fe, Jason helped us out, um, ha- gave us a, a super experience. The Santa Fe has been great to us. Uh, here is the latest of what's going on. Hyundai is now 0% APR for 72 months on the Santa Fe. I'm talking about as well as the Tucson. So the Tucson and the Santa Fe are 0% APR for 72 months. The 2019 Elantra is just 13 990 plus for the entire month of July you receive a $500 Visa gift card when you finance your Murdoch vehicle through Golden West Credit Union. I I don't know what you're doing for car stuff. Only thing I would tell you is if if you could take a second and at least take a moment to look at Hyundai. See what Hyundai does, what it gives you, the value, the features, all of those things, and compare that to the other cars you're looking at. I think you'll be stunned at what they can deliver for you. All right, a few notes around the NBA. I haven't heard the latest on it, but the Marcus Morris story is kind of crazy. I don't think I ran the Spurs numbers either. Um, Marcus Morris had pretty much agreed to a contract with the Spurs is now the Spurs traded Davis Bertans to be able to get Morris in. Then the Knicks came back and offered Morris more money. And now Morris is wavering a bit on on heading that direction. I didn't run the Spurs. I, I did run the Spurs numbers. They came out okay, and I ran them uh, with Marcus Morris, who was a .2 points gained. So it'll be interesting. To, part of the reason they're not great is because DeJounte Murray is not great, and he'll be back next year coming off the ACL. He's a negative 1.2 points game player. But this one's interesting because the Spurs made a move of trading Davis Bertans, and now Morris is supposedly thinking about backing up. NBA replay rules been talked about a lot in the last few days and is interesting as well because they you have to use a timeout to use that replay rule uh, 
And I wonder how much it is going. I mean, there already are not very many timeouts. We've already changed the rule at the two-minute mark. If you get a time that we drop those timeouts. So it's interesting to me to see how how often this is able to be used. I'm not sure coaches are going to be willing to give up that last timeout or risk that timeout or being risking without a timeout in order to use replay. My initial take on this, unless I'm misunderstanding the rule, is it will be used very rarely. And that will that it won't have nearly the impact on the league that everyone's talking about. All right, that is Locked on Jazz for the day. Thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks to the store. Exciting news about all their expansion. And exciting news as well about what's going on at Murdoch Hyundai and with Homie. If you'd like to advertise on Locked on Jazz in the upcoming season, email me at dlock09 at gmail.com. That's dlock09 at gmail.com. I don't think I'm back with you till early next week. We'll see. You never know. Something might sneak out. Talk to you soon. Thanks very much for tuning in to Locked on Jazz.